0: and my brother, Dr. Steven Ned, for this week's body chat about both regular and diet soft drinks, poison in a can. Me? I'm a retired Twin Cities chiropractor currently helping people buy and sell homes in the Tampa Bay and Los Angeles areas. My brother has a thriving chiropractic practice in the Clearwater area of Tampa Bay, Florida. In this podcast, we're going to chat about all sorts of topics related to health, nutrition, exercise, just about everything having to do with the body. You're invited to listen into our body chat, but don't forget that neither of us is giving you health advice. So don't rush off to do something without either checking with your doctor first or seeing Dr. Steven that is a patient at his office. Good afternoon, Steve. Good afternoon, brother. And that is the dogs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So Happy and Andorra decided they wanted to participate in this podcast episode. All right. So this week, we're going to be talking about soft drinks. We're going to be finishing the trilogy, the triad, the triumvirate, the three awful things that started with sugar blues, went on into artificial sweeteners, and now we're going to be dealing with soft drinks. Three things that affect people's health more than they actually realize and became a part of society's everyday diet and just kind of snuck in there and it's had awful effects ever since. So what is the history of soft drinks and when did they really become popular and why? Well, they go way back. The
1: first marketed soft drinks appeared in the 17th century as a mixture of water and lemon juice sweetened with honey. And this trend started in Europe, especially in Paris, France, where vendors actually carry tanks on their backs from which they dispense cups of lemonade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carbonated beverages and waters were developed from European attempts in the 17th century to imitate the popular and naturally effervescent waters of famous springs because of their reputed therapeutic values. Now, the word effervescent means a liquid that gives off bubbles or is fizzy. Okay. And so the effervescent feature of the waters was recognized early as the most important. Hmm. Yeah. So the first carbonated artificial mineral waters were produced in London, England in 1794, about a hundred years later, and they were used in the beginning for medicinal purposes. Bottled mineral waters became very popular by 1820 when manufacturing processes allowed a much higher output of them. And so various mineral salts and flavors started to be added from this point, including ginger, lemon, and tonic. Mm. But it wasn't until 1886 when an Atlanta, Georgia pharmacist created the first cola drink. You know which one that was? I would assume Coca-Cola. That's right. And I've got a couple neat historical facts about Coca-Cola. Okay. So the pharmacist who invented it also happened to be a Confederate colonel who was wounded in the American Civil War and was addicted to morphine, and he was actually trying to create a substitute for morphine. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so it was actually initially sold as a patent medicine for five cents a glass at soda fountains, which were popular in the United States at that time. Mm-hmm. And so the inventor claimed that Coca-Cola cured many diseases, including morphine addiction, so evidently it must have helped him, as well as indigestion, nerve disorders, headaches, and impotence. Okay. Yeah. So believe it or not, it actually was originally classified as a wine product, But because Atlanta and Fulton County passed alcohol prohibition laws that same year in 1886, he changed the formula to a non-alcoholic version. Ah. Yeah. And one more interesting thing is the fact that Coca-Cola once contained an estimated nine milligrams of cocaine per glass. Right. So in comparison, a typical dose or line of cocaine is 50 to 70 milligrams So in 1903, cocaine was removed and Coca-Cola exclusively
0: uses a cocaine-free coca leaf extract now. Wow, that's a good thing. Yes, it is. Okay. So the soft drink started hundreds of years ago in a different version, but the current modern soft drink started in the early 20th century, early 1900s. Okay. And what causes the carbonation or fizz in soft drinks? So that fizz that bubbles up when you
1: open a can of soda is actually carbon dioxide gas. And soft drink manufacturers add this by forcing carbon dioxide and water into your soda at very high pressures, up to 1,200 pounds per square inch. And without this carbon dioxide in your drink, it would be flat and unpleasant. It would be like a sweet syrupy liquid.
0: Right, which wouldn't be good.
1: Yeah, Another interesting fact is carbonated drinks tend to lose their fizz at higher temperatures because the loss of carbon dioxide in liquids is increased as temperatures go up. Okay. Yeah. So carbonated water is also known as sparkling water, club soda, soda water, seltzer water, and fizzy water. Mm. But carbonation in and of itself does not pose any major health risks. There are, however, three scenarios in which it should be avoided. Okay, what are those? So one, anyone with irritable bowel syndromes sh- might experience a flare-up due to the carbonation causing bloating and gas. Okay. So that's one. Two, you should avoid carbonated water after a workout because it might fill you up and cause you to drink less water to rehydrate. Ah. Oh. Yeah. And then three, people with acid reflux problems should totally avoid them. What happens is the bubbles of carbonation expand inside the stomach and the increased pressure contributes to reflux, which is where acid in your stomach is forced up into the esophagus. Mm. And believe it or not, caffeine also aggravates acid reflux. So drinking caffeinated sodas is a double whammy for this.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know.
1: Yeah. Now there's myths out there that all carbonated drinks can leach calcium from your bones or damage your teeth. Mm hmm. And the fact is, as far as tooth decay, this is only associated with carbonated drinks containing sugar. In fact, a study published in 2001 found that although sparkling mineral water had a slightly more erosive effect on teeth than regular water, it was 100 times less than sugary
0: soda. Oh. Yeah. All right. So it's really the sugar that's the big issue.
1: That's right. And only cola drinks can cause low bone mineral density and increase risk for fractures and osteoporosis. And there is one key ingredient that they contain that is responsible for this, and we'll cover this more in a little bit. All right. Yeah. So the important thing to note about this is that when choosing carbonated beverages, it's vital that you read the labels. So for example, tonic water looks similar to plain carbonated water, but it contains sugar. Hmm. And white club soda contains additional sodium or salt. And some flavored carbonated waters also have artificial sweeteners
0: in them. That's not good.
1: Yeah. So believe it or not, I noticed all these differences when I went shopping earlier today, and I compared these various carbonated beverages and and found this out.
0: Oh, that's interesting. So you wouldn't have probably even looked at that if you hadn't been doing this today. Exactly. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So... How much in the way of soft drinks are consumed every year in the United States and internationally? Well, in the United States in 2016, carbonated soft drinks
1: slipped to a 31-year low at 38.5 gallons per person per year, which was down from about 45 gallons in 2010 and from over 50 gallons in the late 1990s and early 2000s. That's gross.
0: I know. (laughs) Because if you think about it, that's like a gallon a week for maybe 10 months of the year. Yeah. And if you think about it, the fact that not everybody drinks soft drinks, and there's a lot of people that drink none, the person who really drinks soft drinks is probably going to be drinking a gallon or more a week. And that's a lot of soft drink to be drinking. I know. 38 and a half gallons equals
1: 411 12-ounce cans of soda. Wow. Yeah. But the good news is, is 2016 also marked the first year that bottled water intake exceeded soft drink intake. So people are wising up. That's great. Yeah. Well, I wasn't able to find an average per person worldwide, but found the countries with the highest consumption. And in 2014, the only country higher than the United States in soft drink consumption was Argentina, but not by much. And they were followed by Chile, Mexico, and Uruguay. Hmm. So,
0: South American countries.
1: Yes. Now, what's interesting is Mexico passed a soda tax in 2014 due to the increasing rate of diabetes and obesity linked to increased sugar intake. Mm -hmm. And as a result, in that same year, sugary drink sales fell 5.5% and then the following year, 9.7%. Hmm. Yeah. So, cities in the United States took notice and followed suit in 2014 with Berkeley, California being the first to pass a soda tax, which has resulted in a 20% reduction in soda consumption. Mm -hmm. Philadelphia became the second to do so, and now over 30 states have cities that have passed similar legislation. So,
0: I think that's great. Good. Yeah. Now, which age group actually consumes the most soft drinks? Is it younger people? Is it older people? I mean, I would assume it would be teenagers, but I might be completely wrong. Well, you're right on. Wow. Oh.
1: So children between the ages of 12 and 19, which is about 70% of all kids, drink the most soda when compared to all age groups. And then adults in the 20 to 39 age demographic come in second place. Okay. And on any given day, half of all Americans are going to consume at least one soda. Amazing. I know. I know these stats are, I mean, I was like flabbergasted when I read this. Here's another one. Nine out of 10 children in the United States regularly consume at least one soda per day. Wow. Yeah. So the average child consumes 500 cans of soda annually. That's about one and a half a day. And if you stack the cans of one child, it would reach 197 feet, which is nine feet taller than Cinderella's Castle at Disneyland. Hmm. Yeah. And by the time they're teenagers, one in three boys drinks more than two sodas per day.
0: Okay. Wow. Amazing. And people wonder why we have so many health issues. That's right. All right. Now, what are some of the most common negative effects people experience from the sugar content in soft drinks?
1: Well, to start, I'm just going to say that a typical 12-ounce can of soda contains 10 teaspoons of sugar, primarily in the form of high fructose corn syrup. Mm -hmm. So all of this accumulated sugar over time is very destructive to the body, as you can imagine. Absolutely. Yeah. So the American Heart Association has reported that sugary beverages are to blame for about 183,000 deaths worldwide each year, which includes 133,000 diabetes deaths, 44,000 heart disease deaths, and 6,000 cancer deaths. Yikes. I know. And statistics also show that drinking one or two soft drinks per day increases your risk for type two diabetes by 25%. Hmm. And each soda consumed per day increases the risk of heart disease by 20% in men. Another thing that was interesting was soda containing sugar also dissolves tooth enamel and it's responsible for doubling or tripling the incidence of tooth decay. I think Mm -hmm. we already knew that.
0: Yeah, that's the old put a rusty nail in a glass full of Coca-Cola and watch it, all the rust be dissolved away.
1: Yeah. Right. You know, the pH level in soda can be as low as 2.5. And as a reference, battery acid is has a pH of one, whereas water is at seven. That's pretty sick. So it's, I know it's really low. One soda per day also increases the likelihood of being overweight by 27%. And even more troubling is that it also increases the risk of childhood obesity by a whopping 60 percent. I could see that. Well, nine out of ten children have at least one a day, so there you go. Yep. And here's another interesting thing. A researcher in England published a paper in 2013 showing that drinking soda on a regular basis can actually change your metabolism,
0: making it more difficult for you to burn fat and lose weight. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So people think it's not that big of a deal that I have a can of coke with my dinner three or four nights a week and a couple on the weekend because it's only so many calories you're adding on and i can exercise and so on but from what you're saying is it's not just those calories it's the fact that you can actually change somebody's metabolism where they won't be able to burn the fat scary Mm -hmm. yeah what are some of the most common health issues that are linked to the phosphoric acid in soft drinks Well, phosphoric acid can interfere with your body's ability to use calcium, leading
1: to osteoporosis or softening of your teeth and bones. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that you end up with lower calcium levels and higher phosphate levels in your blood. And when phosphate levels are high and calcium levels are low, calcium is actually pulled out of your bones. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, phosphoric acid also changes the urine in a way that promotes kidney stone formation. Great. I know. So, drinking one quart, which is less than three 12-ounce cans of soda per week can increase your risk of developing kidney stones by 15%.
0: Wow. Yeah. And are there any other negative health conditions from soft drinks that we haven't already gone over? Oh, yeah. And we're going to be here a while with this one. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. All right.
1: So, the first thing is soda definitely damages your liver. Consumption of too many soft drinks puts you under increased risk for liver cirrhosis similar to that increased risk faced by chronic alcoholics. Why is that? Because of what it does as far as the amount of caffeine, the sugar and everything else, it just it's very stressful to the liver. Okay? In addition, a study in 2015 in which they use a CT scan or CAT scan technology to look at people's livers found that those who drank more than one sugar-sweetened beverage per day compared to people who drank no sugar-sweetened beverages had more fat in their livers and a higher prevalence of what's called non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing is an 11-year-long Harvard Medical School study found that diet cola is linked to a two-fold increased risk for kidney decline.
0: Huh? Yeah. So that's got not only the sugar and the phosphoric acid, but then it's got the artificial sweeteners, which we went over two episodes ago. We went over artificial sweeteners. Mm-hmm. And then a study
1: published in Australia in 2012 showed high levels of soda consumption were positively associated with asthma, emphysema, and chronic bronchitis. Okay. Soft drinks that contain caffeine can dehydrate you since caffeine is what's called a diuretic. And what a diuretic does is it causes you to urinate more frequently. Okay. And when the body cells are dehydrated, they have difficulty absorbing nutrients, and it also makes it more difficult for the body to eliminate waste and toxins. The other thing about this is caffeine and soda blocks the absorption of magnesium. Mm. And as you know, magnesium is an essential mineral that balances calcium levels in the body, is a natural muscle relaxant dilates your blood vessels, which improves circulation, lowers high blood pressure, and many other things. And so, magnesium is critical for your health, and our diet already is low in magnesium to begin with because of global
0: soil deficiency. So, this is another thing that's really unsettling about soft drinks. All right. So, it can block the absorption of nutrients, and it'll leave toxins in place more, and it'll block the ability to take in magnesium. So just the caffeine part of the soft drinks can have that kind of effect. That's
1: not good. No, it isn't. So another thing is the artificial caramel coloring in soda is linked to cancer as well as vascular issues. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah. And this one's really wild. Soda is containing ascorbic acid, which is vitamin C mm-hmm. and potassium benzoate, can form what's called benzene a known carcinogen the federal limit for benzene in drinking water is five parts per billion but researchers have found benzene levels as high as 79 parts per billion in some soft drinks and of 100 brands tested most had at least some detectable level of benzene present great i know By the way, an additional note on sodium benzoate along with potassium benzoate, these are common preservatives used in nearly all diet sodas as mold inhibitors, and they can cause DNA damage, which could eventually lead to diseases such as cirrhosis of the liver and Parkinson's. Hmm. In addition, they also have been linked to hives, asthma, and other allergic conditions. Wow. Yeah. And an additional note on ascorbic acid as well as citric acid— Both of them are normally okay preservatives, but unfortunately, they can be derived from genetically modified corn and soy. Uh, So if you're buying vitamin C as ascorbic acid, make sure
0: it says on the label GMO free. You know, it's interesting because my vitamin C, I noticed just the other day, it says non-GMO. And I thought, what a weird thing to be putting on vitamin C. So now I understand why it's the ascorbic acid and where it comes from.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I just learned that researching it this week. I had no idea. Huh, interesting. Yeah, I know. So some sodas also contain a flame retardant called brominated vegetable oil or BVO, which is added to many citrus-based sodas and sports drinks to prevent the drinks from separating. In other words, without BVO, dyes would separate from the liquid and collect at the bottom of the bottle and the flavoring would rise to the top. So this toxic chemical is banned in over a hundred countries but it's still used in the United States for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, I know. And what was that called again? BVO, brominated vegetable oil. Wow. So the drinks that it's been found in include Mountain Dew, squirt, sun-kissed pineapple, Fresca, original citrus, and electrolyte drinks such as, get this, Gatorade. Wow. Yeah. It's also found in medications including inhalers, nasal sprays, and cough syrups. My goodness. Yeah. So read the labels. (laughs) Absolutely. Yep. Soda cans can also be lined with BPA, which has been linked to everything from heart disease to obesity to reproductive problems. And plastics also contain BPA. So it's important to choose products that are BPA free. So for example, I use five gallon jugs when I fill up my water, purified mm-hmm. water that I get. And on it, it says that they're BPA free. And then finally, I want to just go over some disturbing stats on diet sodas. Okay, I'm ready. All right, so the idea that diet soda is a healthier option than regular soda is one of the biggest myths in the nutrition industry today, as you know. Mm -hmm. Almost half of U.S. adults consume artificial sweeteners daily, mostly in the form of diet soda, and even one quarter of kids do so as well. Yikes. I know.
0: It's bad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Drinking diet soda puts your health at risk for strokes, dementia, heart attacks, diabetes, depression, and cancer. And, you know, we went over that in that other episode that we did on it too. But even more disturbing than this, which is hard to believe, is the fact that numerous studies have come out showing that not only does drinking diet soda not help you lose weight, but they can actually cause you to gain more weight. Of course. Yeah. So a study at the University of Texas in 2011 found that the more diet sodas a person drank, the greater their risk of becoming overweight. And so specifically consuming two or more cans a day increased waistlines by 500% greater than those who did not consume diet soda. Hmm. So it actually causes the problem that people are using it to try to solve.
0: <laughs> that, for some reason, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, now we know about all the various different negative health conditions. What about the natural or healthy soft drinks, are they any better for you? Well, first off, just because
1: something says healthy or natural does not mean that it's healthy or natural. Of course. Yeah. So natural flavors can actually include MSG. Yes, that's labored. correct.
0: Yeah. Or even quote unquote all natural. That's something that's a term that the FDA has no definition for, which means that it you could put in whatever you want to, no matter how artificial or unhealthy it is. And if you say all natural, you won't get in trouble.
1: Yeah. I think as long as it's made on planet earth and I think that's what it's. Yeah. exactly. Well, I found an excellent article called eight natural sodas that are way healthier than cola, which can be found on the website rodalesorganiclife.com. And we should definitely include this link in the notes. Okay. So I'll just list the recommended drinks instead of going into a lot of detail about each one, which you can study yourself.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What's impressive about these healthy soda alternative drinks is that they were all free of the worst offenders in traditional sodas, including GMOs, artificial coloring, uh, caramel coloring, actually, BPA, since they were all in BPA-free cans and bottles, Mm -hmm. and no high fructose corn syrup or artificial flavors, sweeteners. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some contain cane sugar, which is a less processed sugar that should still be consumed in moderation, like we've right, covered
0: in, in the sugar
1: uh, episode.
0: Yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't want to be drinking these frequently, but if you've got to drink a soft drink for whatever reason, then these would be the ones to do. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Well, what's really nice is that many of these drinks are available right next door to my office
0: at Nature's Food Patch. Good. Yeah. So you fun- checked it out to make sure they were there, right? That's right. Cool. Yeah. So here's the list.
1: The first one is called Steaz, S-T-E-A-Z, sparkling green tea soda. Okay. As you know, green tea has many good properties to it. Correct. Then there's Reed's Extra Ginger Brew. Ah. Yeah, it's a personal favorite of mine. And if you recall, you got this for me after my last shoulder surgery to help my post-surgical nausea from the anesthetic.
0: Yep. I remember that. It's very good.
1: Then there's Virgil's root beer. Mm -hmm. Bionade, a German non-alcoholic naturally fermented drink made from malt and water, just like beer.
0: Wow. Have you tried it yet? I have not. You'll have to do that and tell us on a future episode what you think of it.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they have it at Nature's and it's supposedly very hard to find. Okay. Yeah. Uugave, which is certified organic and uses the natural sweetener agave. Okay. GT's Enlightened Organic Raw Kombucha, which is not a soda, but is fizzy and is a low-sugar fermented tea loaded with probiotics. Mm. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. Hot Lips Real Fruit Soda, which has nothing to do with Loretta Swit or her character from MASH. I beat you to it, Ron. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. And then Fizzy Lizzy, again, no relation to Thin Lizzy.
0: Right. Yep. And that's the eight. Oh, interesting. Okay. Cool. So, those are the ones that people should look out for if they have to have a soft drink or if they want to occasionally just have one. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, where does carbonated water fall on the scale of healthy to unhealthy? Well, the most popular carbonated
1: waters, also known as sparkling water, are LaCroix, Pellegrino, and Perrier. Mm-hmm. And on a scale, I would say carbonated waters tip more toward healthy than unhealthy. Okay. However, it's important to check out what other ingredients are in the carbonated water that can be troublesome. Obviously, sugar and artificial sweeteners are at the top of that list of concerns. But anything that makes the carbonated water more acidic, such as sugar or the added acidic preservatives, like what we talked about, ascorbic acid and citric acid,
0: can result in risking tooth enamel erosion issues that we spoke of earlier. Okay, so you want to get something that's just the water and the carbonation, if at all possible.
1: Yeah. And also, don't forget the three scenarios we covered earlier where all carbonated drinks should be avoided, like irritable bowel syndrome, post-exercise, and acid reflux.
0: Correct. All right, good. So, that explains that. So, if people just like carbonated drinks, those are the best ones to go for. That's right. Now, is there anything else you'd like to say on this topic before we end for the week? Yes.
1: An obvious question is, why do so many people drink soft drinks when they're so bad for you? Good question. Yeah. So two reasons. One, soda is a cheap substitute for water. And the way the human brain works is it reacts to sugar just like it does when it receives other reward-based substances. So it feels good to eat sugar, so the body craves more of it, and the body needs water, but because there isn't the same reward in consuming it, people are often going to choose the sugary drink over the healthy drink because it makes them feel better in the short term, but unfortunately at the expense of their health in the long term.
0: Right, because they're not really getting the same type of water as they would get if they were just drinking water. Exactly.
1: The other reason is that we are constantly bombarded with TV ads for soft drinks and other sugar drinks. Beverage companies in the United States spend about $3.2 billion annually to market carbonated beverages preschoolers view an average of 213 ads for sugar drinks and energy drinks every year. And this figure doubles once these children reach their teen years. Wow. Yeah. So they're just inundated with this stuff. Now, I wanted to also add that Tom Brady, quarterback for the New England Patriots and current NFL MVP, a few years ago said that the following about junk food and soda. He said, quote, I think we've been lied to by a lot of food companies over the years, by a lot of beverage companies over the years but we still believe it. We believe that Frosted Flakes is a food. You'll probably go out and drink Coca-Cola and think, oh yeah, that's no problem. Why? Because they pay lots of money for advertisements to think that you should drink Coca-Cola for a living. Well, I totally disagree with that. And when people do that, I think that's quackery. And the fact that they can sell that to kids, I mean, that's poison for kids. When you go to the Super Bowl, who are the sponsors? That's the education that we get. That's what we get brainwashed to believe that all these things are just normal food groups and this is what you should eat. Amen. Yeah. Well, fortunately, more and more people are wising up and drinking more bottled water and less soft drinks. In fact, 63% of Americans say that they are actively avoiding the consumption of soda on a regular basis. And that figure is up from just 41% in 2002.
0: That's really great. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for all the research you did on that. That was great information. Make sure that you get all of your patients and the people that you know to listen to this episode. And for those of you out there, get your friends to listen to it, especially if you know somebody who likes to indulge a little too much in that sweet type of soft drink. And next week, we're going to be getting into another topic, which I know that people will find very interesting, which has to do with cold laser therapy. And that's something that you do in your office that not a lot of people are aware of, but has a tremendous effect on speeding up the healing of injuries and illnesses and other poor health conditions in the body. So we're going to go over that subject next week's episode. Thanks again, Steve. Thanks, Ron. I'm really looking forward to that because that is the number one question that I get in my office. What does the cold laser do? Well, we're going to answer that question next week. So everybody tune in to get that answer. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Body Chat Podcast. We both really appreciate your time and your attention. We want to provide you with interesting and informative episodes each week. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover or any questions you'd like us to answer, send an email to us at info at bodychatpodcast.com. That's info at bodychatpodcast.com. To make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes, subscribe to the Body Chat Podcast now on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. See you next week.